Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Commanders fans? Welcome back. It's another episode of Believe in Commanders. Anthony Armstrong here, the original 1-3. B. Murph on the other side. We both got our Commanders caps on, uh, respective sweaters and hoodies, because it's kind of chilly over here. Uh, but everything's are heating up. Everything is heating up in D.C. You've got the entire coaching staff. Well, the big three positions have been have been decided. Uh, Brian Murphy, how you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, all, all the things you said are correct. I'm just nodding along like I'm watching the show. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm ready for the weather to get warm, but you're right that things are getting going for the commanders. Dan Quinn is filling out his staff. Pretty good press conference yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday, and uh, I think it's it's a good spot to be as a Commanders fan. You're fired up by what he said, uh, by who he's hiring, and now it's let's go look at the results that those guys have had and what they're going to do from here. Yeah, you've got a couple of guys, you know, maybe some names that you weren't expecting and uh, interesting routes to make it to this spot, but all in all. Yeah, you've got your offensive coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury, and then Joe Witt Jr. is the defensive coordinator. He's following Dan Quinn up from Dallas, and he, he'd been tenured with uh, the Packers for a very long time. Um, so you know, for him to kind of leave that one tree and then follow Dan Quinn uh, says something about the, the man himself, uh, Dan Quinn, being hired as head coach. That's right. That's right. I, I think that uh, that the connections are, are being made there. And Dan Quinn has hired a, a, a guy he's familiar with on the defensive side of the ball. You got to think that that will allow him to continue his system, uh, which was so dominant the last couple of years in Dallas, as much as you don't want to give credit to the Cowboys. But yeah. it was a dominant unit. And Joe Witt was a big part of that. And you're right. I, looking back at his history, he definitely played a part in, in a bunch of uh, solid units. And you have to think that he's going to do that for the commanders i also saw i think it was during the press conference they mentioned that he will call the plays. so mm-hmm. dan quinn is uh turning that over to him which i think kind of goes back to something that he addressed uh i think it was jp finley that asked him about you know kind of getting stretched too thin or maybe that was his answer but as a as a head coach in atlanta he got stretched too thin trying to deal with personnel trying to make uh you know all kinds of roster decisions on top of calling the defense on top mm-hmm. of you know keeping a, an eye on the offensive side of the ball maybe letting joe witt call the plays is his first step in kind of saying you know what let me be the let me be the head honcho but not let not micromanage Absolutely. I mean, you you look at you look at that's 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 one thing I thought about as as he made was made and brought in as the head coach. And then with the Cliff Kingsbury hire is being able to, you know, divvy divvy out and delegate to people that are very qualified to be in these positions. Right. And to be able to focus on motivating and leading the team rather than having to have his hands in the offensive room. We'll get we'll we'll talk about the offensive side of things uh, because there's a lot of opinion around that Stephen A. Smith had a lot of opinions to share for sure. Um but Dan Quinn can motivate the hell out of these guys and then and he's obviously gonna know that he's gonna trust Joe Witt uh with the defense. And I'm sure he's gonna spend a lot of time over there as well. So um things are coming to, coming into play, right? they graded it out as a D plus. I mean, they're just picking on and piling on Washington. Oh, I didn't even uh, see that. That's Yeah. There's multiple people and experts have, have graded the higher 
as a D plus or even an F of Dan Quinn, of Dan Quinn, specifically of Dan Quinn. Uh, I don't think that's very fair. I think that's asinine. I think that is just, it doesn't make any sense. Like why would you rate that? And I think because you, they, you got spurned by Mike McDonald, you get spurned by Ben Johnson, uh, and then you have to quote unquote settle uh, for a coach that's been to the Super Bowl um, and has had a very successful defense in a lot of places that he's been. So if this is settling, then I'll take it. I'll take it because I think things are working well into play. Yeah, I agree. I think that he he had a great uh, press conference, and I think that he is a leader. And it sounds like maybe they're backtracking, maybe they're they're covering. You know, they didn't get their guy. I don't know what the truth is, but I think that leadership was really important to Josh Harris and Adam Peters. Yeah. And after watching that press conference and listening to it, you got to be a little fired up uh, for Dan Quinn. He he knows what he's talking about. He's been around good coaches. Yeah. He's had success, even though it might not have ended great in Atlanta uh, maybe didn't end great in Dallas with that playoff loss but he's had success and so he's a leader and so yeah I don't think that's fair and, and I have to imagine that um, uh, you got to give this time and and I think that he's making some good decisions and I think the the entire group led by Harrison Peters are already making good decisions and I, I'm yeah. excited to see where it goes from here yeah, the way this thing is being orchestrated, it, it's different. Um, it's a different layout, even what they're saying. Hey, Adam Peters is running the show. He's he's picking the ingredients. You're going to fit a very specific role. I think that's going to be relieving for some of these coaches that they can basically get back to what they got hired for, right? You, you got Joe Witts for defense. He's going to be focusing on defense, and, and, and Cliff Kingsbury is there for offense. They'll be focusing on offense. But uh, before we go any further, we want to make sure we holler at our folks over there at betonline.ag. They hold it down for us every week, and I'm clicking around to see uh, who is slated as the first overall pick. They have odds out there, some NFL draft futures that you can get uh, get into. Uh, you want to take a guess, Brian? Who, who's the top odds to be I'm first a, overall? I'm assuming it's Caleb Williams. That seems to be the kind of like uh, the the chalk there for for first overall pick. Yeah, Caleb Williams at minus 650. So that's if you want to, uh, that's an odds on favorite. You can go ahead and, and partake if, you, if you're a first timer, though. Use our code, believe, B L E A V, get a 50% welcome bonus. So, hey, you, you, you feel pretty good about that. Uh, play that Caleb Williams play, but you also have MLB, M, MLB in MBA, uh, esports, poker. You got a race book and plenty of contests. A lot of them are free. So, hey, maybe you jump in there when March Madness rolls around. Maybe we'll do one for the show, Brian. We'll do a March Be Madness. Yeah, yeah, we'll get yeah. in on that contest to see what happens. Uh, so, either way, folks, head on over to betonline.ag. It's where the game starts. That's right. And it's starting now for the commanders. We talked about it on our last episode on Sunday. It was seeming like Cliff Kingsbury could be the guy. And then, it, of course, like it always does, it comes down a little bit after uh, we get off the air. We wanted to wait till the Dan Quinn press conference. Um, <laughs> but Cliff Kingsbury is the commander's OC. And I'm curious uh, your thoughts about that. I know you briefly mentioned Stephen A. Smith had some thoughts, and I'm sure a yeah. lot of people have some thoughts about Cliff Kingsbury. But I want to hear from you, a former player, and kind of what your idea of Cliff Kingsbury is and how he could potentially benefit the commanders here. I'm going to first respond as a wide receiver, a former wide receiver, and frankly, somebody who's, who played in an air raid offense in West Texas A&M. My head, my coach went down, Lee Hayes went down to Lubbock to go study Texas Tech about three, four times a week. 
We ran that air raid offense. So if I'm a receiver, hell yeah, give me Cliff Kingsbury because I know we're going to air that thing out. Um, you want points on offense? This is what you can look at. Yes, I know. You can go back and see, well, he didn't score that many points in Arizona. But when you get back to focusing on just one thing, just worrying about the offense and getting the most out of somebody, it makes some sense. All right, it makes some sense. Uh, when you look at who's potentially going to be there at number two or if you got to make a move up to number one, Caleb Williams, it makes some sense, right? We've seen this play before back in Arizona when he was briefly at USC the first go-round. Arizona came a call and drafted Kyler Murray, right? That relationship was about four years, uh, and then they moved on. Another six-foot quarterback is coming out, and, oh, look who's right there waiting with the bell on the ball. That daggum Cliff Kingsbury knows how to find him. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if, you're one, if you're a Caleb Williams fan, this is a great hire for you. Yeah. I, I I'm just ner- I I don't I hope they didn't get Cliff Kingsbury just for Caleb Williams. You know what I mean? I hope that they think that you know should the draft shake out how it's being projected. Even if you go with Drake May, even if you go with Jaden Daniels, you know Caleb Williams goes number one overall. That Ka- that Cliff Kingsbury can still turn that guy into uh, a good quarterback, which I I, I hope that he can. Um, but I hope this wasn't all just for Caleb Williams. No, no, I, and then that was another part that when you dig deeper, you're like, okay, uh, I went into his history. Going back to his head coaching days at Texas Tech, uh, he's worked with some pretty big name quarterbacks. One of them is probably the best in the world, Patrick Mahomes. I've heard uh, of so him. So he was with him. Now, I'm not going to say that Cliff Kingsbury made him, but. You know, he was his head coach, so they're going to tab him to that. Then you got to look at Baker Mayfield, that he was there for a a little bit of time. Davis Webb, he has some NFL experience. He was there. Then you got to think about, uh, you know, Kyler Murray and what he has done. You can think about the good and the bad on that. And then then the same thing with Caleb Williams. So uh, he has some connections. Uh, If you have a, a player that maybe you feel like you need to sweeten the pot to make him, you know, want to play in your in your city and for this team. I mean, hey, make that investment, right? Make mm-hmm. that investment, and that's what I think this is. Um, I don't think it's like you're I, – I get, I understand that the, the credibility side of things is, is in question. Yeah. But when you're trying to invest this much into a position, and frankly, let's call it a specific player, I think that you kind of got to – you got to know that you're circling a specific target regardless if – they don't have all of the uh, the accolades that everybody else has. Yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. And you mentioned the the Arizona Cardinals offense. I know in the end it wasn't that great. He ends up getting fired after I think it's four seasons. But each of the, each of those first three years, he was in the top half of scoring. And and I know that's not probably what you're what you're hoping for is just top half. You're probably looking for, you know, top 10, top five when you're hiring a guy that you, that, you know, that young offensive uh, coordinator, like a Kyle Shanahan, like a uh, a Sean McVay, but it's not as bad as, as people make it out to be. I mean, he went to the playoffs in his third year and then his final year, he ended up starting. I think Kyler Murray only started like eight games or something like that. And so it really went off the rails a little bit. And I think it goes back to kind of with Dan Quinn and kind of what you mentioned, if he can just focus on the offense, I think he's a bright offensive mind. Um, Will he get the right guys in place? Obviously that's going to be on Adam Peters as well. You have to think that Adam Peters, you know, wouldn't sign off on this either if he doesn't think that he can get the guys that would fit this offense as well. So I'm kind of trusting the process a little bit more than the name. 
on the surface, yes, I'm like, Cliff Kingsbury has kind of failed up a couple times. It's like he kind of went from uh, the uh, the hot, shiny thing, um, and they they tr- Arizona tried for their version of the new offensive coordinator. Well, maybe this is his way to prove it once again. Go be an offensive coordinator. Go just work on the offense, perfect and hone your 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 system, and then go from there. So maybe this is another rebounding point. Maybe this is the the Dan Quinn hire of the offense, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah, something of that sort, you know. Uh, maybe with all with all of the lessons and and the wisdom out of the the, the trilogy that is now heading the the coaching staff, uh, I think that you're going to have a lot of football knowledge that you're going to be able to push on. And I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, shout out to Val Boski. Uh, he was saying we were saying that this uh, this particular situation. We were talking about the familiarity that these coaching staffs have with the other teams inside of the division. Like, right, yeah. you know, Cliff Kingsbury has been head coach, and he's got familiarity with a lot of teams and players. He's seen some stuff. Right. Re- records regardless, I mean, he's seen some things. Same thing with Dan Quinn, been to Super Bowls, got lessons that he can bring from that, right, yeah. that he can coach from and learn from. And I think that, that sometimes that's going to have more value than having it be some young unknown guy that you hope you have that you kind of get a flash in the pan type of a thing. I mean, and then look at around the division, Kellen Moore going to Philly, right? So there's a lot of familiarity between coordinators and, and how you're going to see these teams. I, I thought a couple of cool things came um, from Dan Quinn's press conference and then a, another name we know. So Dan Quinn kind of mentioned that when with the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury kind of had that same, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he had that kind of same feeling that he had when he went and got Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. And that has to make commanders fans really excited. I mean, we saw a little bit, uh, regardless of your thoughts on how it ended or how it was with RG three, that offense was special in 2012. So we got to see Kyle Shanahan. And if, if we can get some sort of version out of that, if Dan Quinn feels that kind of way about Cliff Kingsbury, sign me up for that. And then I thought it was cool with the media days kicking off in the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan was heaping praise after praise on Adam Peters and Dan Quinn. And he mentioned the stuff that he learned as uh, a coach from, from Dan Quinn. And it goes back to what you said. These guys have been there before they've learned from, different people they, they they've been in different places and you have to think like like anybody you, you know you, you fall down you have a bad time but you hopefully learn from it hopefully it's not all bad it's what you can learn from that experience and I have to think that Dan Quinn definitely learned something from Atlanta he had to have learned something when he was coaching in Dallas Cliff Kingsbury you know you were you were the Sean McVay quote unquote you were you were in the same division as Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan for heck's sake it didn't work out. You got to think that he's learned something over that time and is ready to, to prove it again. So I'm with you. I think that it's, it's hard. It's easy to go on Wikipedia. That's I, I, I get trapped into that. I go in and I see, Ooh, yeah, that did not end well. I forgot about, he was at USC for, for half a minute. I forgot that, uh, you know, Dan Quinn, you know, started Owen five in his last year in, in Atlanta, but there's so much more to it than just what the stats say that these are people that are learning and growing and, I, 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 I'm willing to give it a chance knowing that they are in they're they're a few years wiser and, and probably have a little bit more in their tool bag at this point. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Right. That's 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 when you let when you let those thoughts kind of simmer a little bit rather than just have that straight out of the gate. Like, why are you hiring that guy? Right. 
you give it a little bit of time to breathe. Like, okay, let's lean with this, right? Let's lean with this. I mean, let us know y'all's opinion over there on social media at Believe Commanders uh, at on X, IG, TikTok, YouTube. Jump in that combo. Let us know what do y'all think of the hire of Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, what do you think he brings to this team? Does that does that basically etch in stone that you're going to get Caleb Williams, or is it just say you want to have a quarterback? So let us know. We'd love to hear your uh, your opinion on that one. And and obviously, and Dan Quinn mentioned it that Eric Bieniemy is not returning. It sounded like it sounded like that he he talked to Eric Bieniemy and and you know you know talked to him about his plans and all that, and he wished him the best. But obviously, Eric Bieniemy not returning as the Commanders' offensive coordinator largely didn't work out. But you know, new people coming in, new hires, they hire their own guys. So uh, I'm 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 bummed that Eric Bieniemy didn't work out. But you have to imagine that that smart of an offensive mind will will end up somewhere and. Uh, take the next step but yeah cliff kingsbury for sure yeah cliff kingsbury is the guy now for dan quinn on offense and you're right it's it's where do you go from here and who's the quarterback that that's the the next biggest thing and that that answer will come in the next couple months next couple months for sure the, the next thing that we want to talk about the next thing to to consider is the defensive side right joe that's witt right. jr uh it's a big hire it's a big hire, I feel, but it's kind of going under the radar. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. Dan Quinn, and then it's on offense. Um, but when you think about the structure and how things are laid out, where Dan Quinn would be more in a leadership role uh, of getting this team fired up and having everybody perform rather than focusing on one side of the ball, having familiarity over there uh, and being able to trust that person is going to allow him to step away from that. And Joe Witt Jr. is a is a big hire. So coming up there from Dallas, he's been in Dallas for three years as a with the passing game coordinator and the secondary coach. So, so he's had some success down there. Uh, what do you think about that hire, uh, Brian? Yeah, that was one of the first names that I saw. And, and you know, for me, I, I knew about Dan Quinn. I knew about Al Harrison in uh, Dallas, but I was not real familiar with Joe Witt, so I had to do some digging on him. And you're right. I like what I see. I like where he's been. This is actually the second time uh, that he's been with Dan Quinn. Is what? Well, actually, I guess the third time now. He was with the Falcons in 2020 during uh, Dan Quinn's last season. So obviously, Dan Quinn thinks highly of him. Um, and, and you're right. I think it c- keeps that continuity going. It allows Dan Quinn to to do the head coaching duties and know that basically his voice is going into the defensive uh, meeting room. And I'm excited about that. And and it, the results speak for themselves. I mean, the way that Dallas has transformed over the last couple of years, the ball hawks that they just seem to churn out over the last few years. I mean, mm-hmm. we – we all thought when Trevon Diggs went down last year that the Cowboys were going to suffer and were going to struggle. And all of a sudden, this guy, Deron Bland, comes out of nowhere, and, and guys are making plays all over the field in that secondary. And that's one thing that the commanders have been craving over the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm all on board on Joe Witt, and uh, I'm excited what this could mean for, for the Washington defense. I took a deeper look, a deeper dive. I went into Wikipedia, combined a few other websites, and came up with uh, Joe, Joe Witt's resume, player resume, matter of fact. I wanted to see the guys that he coached. You know, he's been doing it for a very long time. You go back to 2009 to 2017. He was in the in Green Bay as a DB coach. He worked with Charles Woodson, pro bowler and Hall of Famer, yeah. Al Harris, uh, Charles Woodson again, Tremont Williams, both both of those guys went to the Pro Bowl uh, in whatever season that was. Uh, Sam Shields, uh, Tremont Williams, Demarius Randall, um, Denzel Ward when he got to Cleveland, and Greedy Williams, AJ Terrell when he was down there in Atlanta, uh, Dallas, uh, Trevon Diggs, Deron Bland, and on the other side, Anthony Brown. So what I'm saying is, 
maybe you get a resurgence in your young DBs that you've been drafting. Mm-hmm. Benjamin St. Juice, Emmanuel Forbes, those guys should should probably feel you know excited as well. Like if you're a receiver, you're excited for Cliff Kingsbury. If you're a DB, you got to be excited for Joe Witt Jr. and Dan Quinn coming in here to being able to impact your career. I agree. It, that, that's the first thing I think I saw all over social media was Dan Quinn and Joe Witt. Can can you fix Emmanuel Forbes? Or not even fix, but can you <laughs> turn around what was a, a bit of a bumpy rookie year? Uh, we, we we saw flashes. He got a pick or two from what I can remember. Uh, sure. Benjamin St. Juice, uh, he, he showed some flashes, and then he had a lot of penalties. But you're right. If they can work, I mean – half of the magic that they did with Teron Diggs and Deron Bland over the last couple of years. Sign me up for that. I, I'm really excited about that. Um, I think we mentioned in our last episode, getting Cam Curl back would be huge uh, for that secondary. All of a sudden, I think these conversations we were having about a year ago, uh, talking about the secondary and what they could be with these two guys and their track record recently, uh, man, it could actually be what we were looking for last year. You know what? You know what this all brings to my head, and and somebody over there must be tuning in to us on all their favorite streaming platforms. Because what have I been asking for? What have I been asking for? Creativity. That's right. We need to see some creativity on the defensive side and on the offensive side. Dan Quinn and Joe Witt—they were very creative with how they were using their best playmakers in Dallas. You see how the Legion of Boom was gone was going. And and Cliff Kingsbury, you gotta assume he's gonna have some creativity as well. So this is this is a these are all things that are working to in my eyes to the team's advantage, right? They're gonna get people that are gonna find ways to get the best players in the best position uh, to make plays and put points on the board. So be be excited for Joe Wood Jr. I mean, I think that those DBs, especially with the way Kendall Fuller is playing, you gotta think he's gonna even keep that going, maybe get yeah. better. Shoot, I would love to see some turnovers, more turnovers from the secondary. I would love to see, you know, linebackers. If, if Jamin, what if Jamin Davis, like who was uh, who that? Mayo that was rushing against the Giants had two sacks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like, it's like why you haven't been rushing him all year? Right. Yeah. It. it, it Ron Rivera's big thing early on, and maybe it kind of died off because he wasn't actually doing it, was position versatility or whatever flexibility, whatever word he used. <laughs> Whereas it feels like Dan Quinn and Joe Witt. They say that and they actually do it. I mean, look at obviously you can't compare anybody right now to Micah Parsons. He plays on the defensive line. He plays uh, middle linebacker. He plays off the edge. But I have to imagine that Dan Quinn, like you said, is going to find ways to use Jamin Davis. Kalik Hudson, who's kind of a, a, a defensive back linebacker hybrid. I'm excited about these guys, whereas with Ron Rivera, they were just kind of square pegs, round holes, or vice versa. I think that Dan yeah. Quinn and Joe Witt can use these guys, and not to mention, obviously, we're, we're probably leaning towards a quarterback uh, with the number two overall pick, but don't forget those two second-round picks. Yeah. They could go any which way, and that could be a defensive playmaker. I mean, second-round picks are basically starters in today's league, or they should be. And if if Dan Quinn can add a couple of pieces on the defense as well, whether it be in the draft or whether it be in free agency, uh, it could be something really excited. It's not just Cliff Kingsbury, you know, coming in to spruce up the offense. I think the defense could have something to say too. The defense, I, I it's easy to say now that I would expect them to have a quick ascent, and and I'm not going to say top five or anything. Obviously, you know, Dan Quinn's defenses in Dallas were top three, uh, top ten in scoring. Uh, the past three years. So 
Is is that where where you think it is? I think it's at least in the top half of the league would be would be a fair jump. Um, yeah. But as it's built out through free agency, because I think there may be a pass rusher uh, that they may try to go after, and then in the draft, you know, there's there's always some some players that you can find in the draft. Obviously, if you get some firepower on offense, you may you may have something going too. So. A uh, lot to go through here. Build through the draft, supplement through free agency. That's what Adam Peters said. Uh, they they got the right pieces in place, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and now, I, like, I mean, I love talking about the coaching. I love like the rah rah and getting excited. But now it's like, go do the scouting. Let's. I, I mean, I don't want to fast forward, but let let's get to free agency. Let's get to the draft because I'm really excited for what they are going to bring in there. Um, and it feels like for the first time in a while that they have people all going in the same direction. You know what I mean? Mm. And all have the same idea and kind of top to bottom. And that's going to be so huge. Mm. I think that if this works, I think we'll forget about who is coaching because it, it, it won't, it won't matter when you put the right pieces in place. And it seems like they've done that so far. And we're a long way from September. I'm not saying that they've got it together, but sometimes it's not about coaching. Sometimes it's about getting the right guy in the right scenario. I mean, heck, we're, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl in our next episode, but Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh round running back. I mean, he's he's in the right spot. It's about finding the right pieces at the right Bro. time with the right guys leading them uh, from head coaching, from uh, assistant coaches, all that. So let's go put it in play. Let's get it going. It, it's time right now. I've been missing old B. Murphy rant, man. Goodness. He was up there. I had a collection plate going, y'all. He was up there preaching because what did what did he say? What did Adam Peters say? They want to build for longevity and long yeah. form success. The way that you do that is that you have one voice. You have one vision that everybody can follow. I've been preaching it everywhere. Look at the great organizations out here in football. You can say, oh, the record is this, that, and the other. But one thing that they've been is pretty consistent. And in the playoffs, Green Bay. San Francisco's been doing it. Denver had it for a while. New England did it for as long as as long as you've been suffering as a Washington football fan. Stay at 24 years of, of greatness from Bill Belichick. Obviously, some bumps here and there, but pretty much six Super Bowls, you'll deal with some of the downsides. Pittsburgh fall, comes into mind as well. They how do you change head coaches and then everything still keeps going the same way? Mm -hmm. Because you got a daggum vision. Yeah. And I think I think you mentioned you know, off the top of my head, all those kind of did it in similar ways. I mean, yes, they had solid quarterbacks, obviously, which you hope you're getting with that number two overall pick. Um, but it, you're right. If you stick to your vision and you you stay to that plan, uh, there, there are a bunch of different ways to go at this. And, and I'm excited that, you know, that Washington can hopefully be back into these glory days and start doing it the right way because they've I think these are the right moves to start off. Now it's just kind of following along and getting the, the players on the field uh, to buy into. Man, this is this is this is like if you play Madden. I don't know if you're a Madden player. I haven't played in a while. Back in the day, yeah. Back in the day. But I, I love the franchise mode. I like the build out of the team over time, to, you know, just to see obviously the ups and downs of how it goes. Um, and a lot of the people that I play the game with, they, they are so quick to trade everybody. And I hate it because everybody trades for the same 10 people. And they build their team out the exact same way they just had it before. And, I mean, yeah, I, I have a different mindset to how I want to approach it. But I like the way that Adam Peters is doing it because, like he said, long-term success can, can come from this. If you hit on the right player, he'll be there for a, for a decade. 
right? You yeah. hit on that a couple of times. Like you get used to knowing who's on the line. You don't have to look at the roster week one and say, I don't know any of these guys. You know who's yeah. been there for years and years and years. And with Adam Peters, I'm, I'm curious, and I don't know if we'll ever know the truth on if Dan Quinn was their first off, and I don't even want to rehash the all the stuff that happened with that. But I think – you know, maybe there it is just lip service, but I think leadership was important to me. I, I don't know that he's he even cared who his head coach was. And let me explain, like, obviously, he wants a guy that knows football, but I think that he wants a guy that is is willing to lead and willing to buy in uh, to, to what they have planned and not saying, like, do it my way or yep. or, or no way. But let, let's collaborate. And I, I have to imagine it seems like Dan Quinn is a pretty, like, agreeable guy, not like a yes man, but like yeah, that didn't work. Let's try something different. Or, or yeah, you know, in Atlanta, I had some personnel uh, responsibilities that stretched me too thin. He's already saying, you know, now I can focus on the game. It just seems like Adam Peters wanted a guy that, that could, that could fit into to this mold that they're going for. And, yeah. and he, he's saying, trust me and we'll make it happen. And I, I'm really excited <laughs> to see how that plays out. I mean, think about having you having to be humble enough to, to say, yeah, take the personnel away. Everybody's saying, no, give me control of right, the personnel. Right. These are my guys. You think about that. That's like this. That's like tearing the getting a whole new notebook every every couple of years to start. No, I'm gonna start taking notes again in a whole new notebook. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. I mean, I don't know how involved Mike Tomlin is on the day to day to the defense and the offense, but it seems like he's in a leadership role. Yeah. For for a while, and that's what he does. Jim Harb. Uh, yeah, Jim. John, John Harbaugh, they're both in the <laughs> NFL now. John, I think Harbaugh, I saw Jim's uh, son was also hired by the Seahawks. So, man, yeah, generation. he he looked a lot like Carson Wentz in the picture I saw. Yeah, yes, yeah, I was looking like Carson. What you doing over there in <laughs> Michigan? And man, I was all over the place. Um, yeah, yeah, John Harbaugh's he was a special teams coach, and then I mean, so he's not necessarily going to be hands on on the defense and on the offense. So, not saying that he can't be, but. There's something to that type of structure. Yeah. There's something to that type of structure. And, and maybe they're not the, the sexiest hired by name. They're not the young, hot upshot, but it's somebody who's got some wisdom. I'll tell you this, man. Let's do it like this. I love analogies. Brian, you got somebody that's like a little 25, a little young, 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 hot shot. But then you also got somebody who's about 50 years old. You got to ask them a question that that's going to require some experience. Give me the, give me the, give me the old head. That's the way I know what the experience yeah. has told me. Mm-hmm. This young guy might guess right, maybe, but he may not. So, give me the experience. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A guy that's been there. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but he he saw you know what he did wrong and is willing to to correct it moving forward, as opposed to a guy who thinks he knows everything. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, and I, I I I'm optimistic. So let's uh let's see what happens. Yes, indeed. And let us know. Tell us your thoughts on the Joe Witt hire um, on this overall structure, because I I think that if you pay attention, um, it it can work out really well. Uh, So let us know. That's at Believe Commanders on X. That's where we're going to be chopping it up at Rated Armstrong. That's for me. And what's yours? What's yours over there? At BMurf13. At BMurf13. See, before we got on the show, we didn't even realize that we both had 13s going on. So That's right. I didn't. um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Oddly enough, so I thought yeah. it was a joke. I was like, "Oh, I was, I was his favorite player." And no, so that, that's, that's absolutely why. what it was. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's what we'll say for the show. Uh, but let us know at Believe Commanders. Also, give us a listen on all your favorite streaming platforms. And don't forget to check out betonline.ag using our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, so be Murph. You got it. You let them go. Let's get out of here. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.